Welcome to GovIT, a monthly podcast series from TD Cinex Public Sector, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. The Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey showed a shift. Nearly half of federal employees worked remotely during the 2020 pandemic. By the end of 2022, only 25% were teleworking at least three days a week, 14% were remote. This highlighted ongoing challenges in maintaining security compliance for remote government employees. In this episode, we sit down with Nigel Hughes, Vice President of Steel Cloud, as he discusses technology approaches for organizations to address these remote workforce challenges and achieve policy compliance with the CIS, that's the Center for Information Security, and STIG, Security Technical Implementation Guide Standards as well as maintain remote device compliance by using scheduled operations and a minimum of resources. A lot of people continue to work at home. Government employees are really not rushing back en masse to the office. And so typically through virtual private networks, that's how they're getting in. But there's some challenges here in the cybersecurity front with VPNs and maybe review those for us and and how agencies should be dealing with this kind of mass telework situation that continues. Yeah, I I think we've always had mobile workforce with people moving, you know, from base to base, office to office. Uh, Certainly with COVID, we saw huge numbers of people working remotely, oftentimes, of course, from home. And uh, now post-COVID, we're seeing this sort of hybrid model where people are working two to three days from home, two to three days from the office and, you know, various permutations of those. This, of course, has presented some challenges for cybersecurity administrators. Uh, Typically, they're looking at managing these remote workstation assets. And many of these are, as you say, coming through VPNs, and they vary, of course, in uh, performance and reliability. So we have a requirement to determine what the cyber hygiene needs are for those assets, how we're going to implement them, you know, apply them. And then there are those that need to simply be assessed. You know, we need to scan them for compliance and drift, the classic sort of ANA process, if you will. These efforts, though, are typically scheduled centrally. And then we have to take into consideration that we're only going to hit a small percentage or a varying percentage of those target assets, because many will simply not be actively connected at the moment that we perform that local scan or that remediation. Also, from a bandwidth perspective, uh, if something is local, we can typically do it in just a few moments. Uh, If it is remote, though, through, say, some sort of satellite VPN, it could potentially take hours for a a CIS or STIG-related scan or remediation. So therefore, uh, you have to do this, it sounds like, on a periodic basis or a continuous basis throughout the day calendar such that you get everybody and not miss anyone who may not be online at a certain point. It becomes problematic in as much as you, you do a simple scan and you're not capturing all of the assets. And so then you have to perform multiple scans. Uh, sometimes it could be time zone oriented. There could be lots of conflicts here that make it almost impossible to capture a complete view of the entire enterprise. All right. But then you mentioned the Center for Information Security and the Security Technical Implementation Guides standards that are out there. How should government agencies comply with those and reach those? And will that 
that help with the problem you mentioned, which is complete coverage of all of the potential assets? Indeed, yes, uh, providing we can reach them, of course. I, I think today CIS and STIG benchmarks are handled in a very inefficient way. Typically, we're using a myriad of different scanning tools, uh, group policies, scripts, and various playbooks. Of course, none of these approaches really provide an end-to-end -end solution. Rather, they're all partial, and the cyber engineers typically deploy using a kludge of all of these disparate approaches. They tend to be very manual, they're very time-consuming, they require all kinds of SME specialist expertise to reach only a modicum of compliance. And of course, then access problems are compounded for our mobile remote assets where scheduling is too sporadic and the bandwidth issues can be prohibitive. I think automation is, is critical to a successful implementation of these processes so that we can avoid all of these access issues and, and the various timing uh, that, can, that can be a factor. And when you have the automation that you mentioned, what is the human capital, either role in this or the impact on it? Yeah, I think I think that's a great question, Tom. I mean, automation and operationalization of these processes, uh, we believe, is key to an uh, effective cybersecurity policy sustainment effort. Now, doing this work manually or with poorly conceived tools can cause compliance delays, increase vulnerabilities and exposures, and leave our government networks vulnerable. Automation allows for rapid security baseline creation that can then lock down network assets quickly. Automation also, of course, frees up key cyber personnel to focus on other cyber priorities and not get bogged down in CIS or stick compliance maintenance. Uh, automation essentially allows those IA teams to scale their organizations, and yet without adding further headcount. And one of the big things we're seeing, especially around human capital, is there is certain inflation around uh, pay demands and resource availability that is impacting the way our government does this work. Yeah, so you need the efficiency, and then you also need people to keep up. And this gives rise to the fact that the CIS and STIG standards change frequently. What's the best way to keep current with the new standards and the new changes? I'm afraid the answer to that one, uh, Tom, is with great difficulty. Uh, as mentioned, that current approach isn't ideal for the reasons we discussed, and, and especially so, I think, for remote mobile assets. The policy standards for CIS and STIGs are updated frequently. Uh, STIGs are typically quarterly. The CIS benchmarks can be as frequently as every month. And so it's intensely challenging for these organizations to stay current with those policies. And I think what we have to do is move away from the tools that simply don't do the job adequately. And there is a actual cybersecurity question that people have to keep up with. And then there is compliance. And in the federal space, you certainly have a big compliance requirement often. Can you measure compliance to cybersecurity? All the federal and increasingly state local education government entities are subscribing to the risk management framework, the RMF framework. And of course, that has all of the associated NIST standards. Uh, these dictate policy and compliance minimums. There are checklists for conformance and there's very little, though, by way of SIM integration or ITSM integration. And I think there's some challenges there around enterprise reporting, having things like dashboards that the leadership can really get a sense of what is our security posture and what does that mean from a risk perspective. In other words, you have to tie your compliance with the actual status of your cybersecurity posture. Indeed. 
Indeed. And, and, and I don't think that we have that today. I think uh, many organizations know where something is in compliance and where it's not, but they don't understand what that means from a risk perspective. And then the risks devolve into a couple of different types of employees. There are still those that are in the office. And we were talking earlier about the intermittent remote employees or the teleworkers that may be in two days a week and working at home three days a week. But then there's another class of fully remote. They might be in another state, other time zone, another country, very common in the federal government. And so do you configure things differently for the intermittent teleworker versus the fully remote person? I don't think you can. I think it could be too burdensome for administrators to manage uh, such a complex uh, infrastructure. What we have, of course, are all of these disparate networks. We have limited bandwidth, sporadic access, pressing requirements to adhere to any kind of measurable security standard. So, you know, what gives? At SteelCloud, we have a software solution that we've created for this specific issue, a product called ConfigOS, and its purpose is to operationalize SIG and CIS compliance for RMF readiness. It's a complete end-to-end solution from initial baseline creation through to accreditation that typically reduces overall time, effort, and cost by about 90%. Now, as you say, for these remote mobile workstation assets, one of the things we've built into ConfigOS is what we call a semi-autonomous agent that allows the asset to be scanned and remediated, even if it's not connected to the network. And this is crucial, Tom. When it does restore that VPN, it then automatically presents all of its scan and reporting that it created while it was offline to the ConfigOS server component. And then it can receive any new updates to the CIS or STIG benchmarks to always remain current. And this is independent of whether the asset is connected to the network or not. And so when you look at these disparate networks and some of the compliance issues that we have, they all are addressed with this specific model. The other thing that we've added uh, that I think is germane to some of these uh, considerations is that all of these compliance reports for all of these assets, be they online or, or disparate VPNs, they, that data can all be presented to a SIM, such as a Splunk or Elastic, something like that, or an ITSM like uh, ServiceNow, for example, and you can then start exploring enterprise-wide dashboard reporting for all of this infrastructure. And this means that we have a real sense of where we're in compliance, where we're not in compliance, and what does that mean from a risk perspective to that command, to that government entity? And then, of course, not to go off topic, but when you look at the government's view of things like zero trust and the thinking there, ConfigOS can integrate with NAC products to really provide support to that model, again, even if the assets are just partially connected to the networks. So you might say that the config OS, in effect, abstracts the various use cases you might have on your network, which people simply can't keep up with, and does that in a way that aids that automation and also your compliance. Exactly. What, what we have here is, a, is what we call a, a set it and forget it. So, yeah, those baselines have to be created. They can be implemented. And when we've, when we've done that, 
it's then about sustainment and the ability to be able to do this remotely and be able to communicate with these agents whenever they're on the network allows us to do this seamlessly. And really, I think it's a game changer for maintaining all of our government networks at the very highest levels of compliance. So we're really excited about what we're doing here, Tom. Nigel Hughes is vice president of Steel Cloud. Thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you, Tom. For more information on Steel Cloud and continuous compliance for a hybrid and or remote workforce, please visit steelcloud.com. You've been listening to GovIT from TD Cinex Public Sector. We'll be back soon with more public sector IT content. I'm Tom Tamman.